Well, nice little little superhero quad we got going on there. Yeah. Our team would be the most mobile of all, if maybe yeah. not the most effective in terms of raw damage output. But yeah, I, I believe in us. They are the zoomers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. Uh, I, as always, am your host, Blue, and I'm joined by Red. Heyo! And a very special guest today, Nando V Movies. How are you doing? Heyo, I'm good. Uh, I am coming off of, I feel like I'm on this weird fake murder show um, <laughs> high recently. I don't know if you guys been watching The After Party and then Murderville, and it's just like, it's all I can think about. Oh, lots fun. Of, yeah, lots of murder show parody things. No, the last thing I watched seriously was Arcane, which slapped. Oh, yeah, love that. I mean, so that was, good. yeah, we were tweeting about that. That was yeah. big. The animation um, on that kept just, like, surprising me. Yeah, well, okay, wild. wait, sorry. Just for reference, who else in this call has watched any yep. of Arcane? I, I have not. Yeah, I, of course not. <gasps> I will watch, I mean, Nando, here's the thing about me. I yeah. don't, like, consume media. <laughs> no, no, you don't. You were getting roasted in the group chat for this the other day. <laughs> Just like the last so, like five big Disney movies, and you were like, I was busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they only put those on one day a week. You know, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's really hard to access that content. Yeah, I, I put myself YouTube on permablast by by outing that the last Disney movie I'd seen was Zootopia, which basically I saw <laughs> oh Red going gosh. to grab a cross for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's an interesting pairing because uh, Nando, you uh, you have a channel that deals in all kinds of different media. For those uh, for those of uh, our audience who are not uh, familiar, could you just briefly explain uh, what it is that uh, you do? Sure, yeah. I make videos about, you know, movies, television shows that interest me. A lot of the time it's um, rewriting them or looking at, like, issues in story that may be kind of finessed, uh, but sometimes it's talking about um, fan casting. Sometimes it's looking at specific scenes. Sometimes it's other stuff, longer form um things like uh i did a video speaking of disney movies um i think it was i guess it was last year oh man maybe it was two years yeah it must have been two years <laughs> oh, ago God. about that artemis fowl movie and how they like uh, mess around uh, with that by adr so like stuff like that uh, uh, oh my god i remember that that was such a good video yeah it's I, such a, it's, i fully it, bought that theory by the end i was like oh my god it was it was definitely it, gold <laughs> it confounds me yeah i i'll never understand what they were doing i mean i'll understand what they were doing but um yeah it's it it's so uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's that's mostly what I do on my YouTube channel. Nice, yeah. and, and, and most of our, our audience, even if they have not watched your specific channel, will be familiar with your broader work because uh, you, are, our friend, are responsible for the one marvelous yep. scene, one yep. excellent scene, all of those collabs that have one looped in scene. a truly astounding number of content creators across yeah. uh, across YouTube. It is it is really fun to see. Um, all the different things that people come up with. It's a great collaboration, and I love uh, I love participating in the past couple years. Um, so that is a really fun thing. We're, we're glad that you do it because it, it just makes for fantastic content uh, all around on your channel, on you know, recently on our channel, um, and then all the other ones besides. So it's uh, it's been really fun for us to participate in that, and I hope that our, our audiences have, have been enjoying that as well because those are really, really special. Oh, yeah, it's great to find out new things that people are... Like, there's things... Like yours about the um, uh, 
Castlevania show that's like, I don't know what that is. Like, I know what it is in <laughs> theory, but like seeing that video, it's like, that's why that is cool. And like, that's what's, what's interesting about that. So it's a that's good introduction. That's why we had to contextualize. That's why we had to describe the that's entire plot of the show up to that point. <laughs> People were like, you're supposed uh, to do one scene, right? You just talked about two seasons. It's like, you don't understand. The scene only works because of those two seasons. <laughs> it's so. like, so take the word scene and then put another syllable in it. One, one villain is season. Ah, <laughs> one season. Hey. <laughs> Castlevania season two. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. season one. Anyway. You know, for flavor. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. On the subject of, of, of videos on, on our various channels, uh, quite the opposite from, from villainous scenes. Red, <laughs> you had a trope talk on the trope of pure of heart about yeah. as far away from uh, a villainous scene as one can get. Well, you'd think <laughs> At that. At least on paper. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, that was an interesting one. It, 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 it got like a much more positive response than I... Uh, I was expecting to be honest like that one it's a complicated trope it, at any time i get into something that's sort of like real world ethics related i expect the comment section to be just a smidge spicy um but i think genuinely people were more intrigued by the concept of like peer of heart not meaning good person uh that just most of the discussion i saw was about that and i i think i won some points by bringing up you know the archetypical example goku of like yeah pure of heart <laughs> does a lot of damage like not the best person but like not an ounce of malice in that man so you know mm. it's fine um yeah no it was uh it was fun that was a uh, that was a trope that i really wanted to unpack because it shows up everywhere and i think the the moment when i was like oh you know i gotta talk about this was i watched uh shazam recently um oh quite yeah good yeah. yeah like i like shazam a lot yeah I really genuinely lot. genuinely a very interesting movie and like I, I gotta say dc's track record for for movies has not been fantastic like the first of their movies i liked was aquaman which i will not say was a good movie but i had a great time with it but shazam yeah, i thought yeah aquaman was fun the visuals were great um, I, I like the part I liked, where they were in Italy. That was yeah. Great. <laughs> I liked the part where it was like an uncharted plot line for the middle third of the movie. Yeah. I, I liked yeah. how four separate conversations were interrupted by explosions. I thought it was dumb mm-hmm. as hell. And really, I liked how they were like, "We got Jason Momoa, the most beautiful man on earth. We're gonna, uh, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. leverage this for all." They knew what they were doing with permission mm-hmm. to come aboard. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, she, it was so funny. I was like, "Oh yeah, they made this movie for for people like me with aesthetic senses." <laughs> I get it. Um, but. Shazam, I thought, was a genuinely good movie, like, actually quite solid all the way through. And I thought there was this interesting theming about, like, you know, worthiness, because, of course, the whole point Mm. is that the wizard, or yeah, is like, you know, I need somebody actually pure of heart, but unfortunately I'm out of options, so Billy Batson will have to do. (laughs) Um, But then at the end, like, I feel like they almost sort of brought it back to being pro pure of heart again because billy like he's got the eye and he's like unlimited power you say and then he's like ah just kidding ah that's gross i wouldn't put that thing in my face and i was like oh wait so billy just resisted the temptation that got everybody else just super casually mm-hmm. i guess he was pure of heart interesting um i didn't really bring that up in, in depth in the in the video but that was that was the piece of media that got me thinking about this more seriously uh which, which happens a lot you know when yeah. i'm watching something i'll be like oh wait a minute there's a thing here and then i'll just like two days later i'll have a script so <laughs> like thumbtacks on the wall ever i yeah, remember when, yeah. when yeah. you sent me the the draft to read over i was like wait and then i you know ran to the bookshelf and like pulled out my copies of aristotle because yeah. <laughs> the the whole point of the the nicomachean ethics is like this question of what it means to do 
good and what is the relationship between knowing that you really should do something and then the separate question of whether or not you're actually gonna do that good thing and it's mm-hmm. like you know it, the the skyrim thing of like oh what's better to to be born good or to you know overcome your, your yeah. evil nature through a great effort and, and pulling those two together was like ah perfect so yeah. i had a lot of fun with like you know being kind of the guy in the chair on that trope talk with like okay now now say this about uh, <laughs> uh virtue uh, ethics <laughs> yeah trust me the people who think aristotle is interesting are gonna love it and i was like okay i'll, I'll slap yeah. it in there um yeah. yeah no it was uh it was fun and i I gotta say, it's easier to get footage from Skyrim than the Nicomachean Ethics. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, no, they they didn't uh, they didn't uh, get the stage play. Uh, the, the rights are all no. tangled up with uh, with the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did also end up uh, for for part of that when I was discussing the um, uh, the incorruptible. Uh, or yeah, I think that's the subtype. Uh, I kept using Batman and Superman as examples, but mm. there's this problem every time you use a superhero as an example, which is that because there's like 80 years of canon, yeah. it's like it's like when people are like, "What's your favorite superhero?" It's like Nightwing, but only in the Silver Age. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Everything after that is bad. Uh, so it's like, oh, are Superman and Batman incorruptible? Yes, unless you you know play Injustice or uh, you know <laughs> any yeah. of the various Injustice alikes. Or if you do this storyline where they're both evil, or if you do this one where they're just really out of character. Um, but I ended up finding a couple examples that was like, in this subversion, then yes, yeah, Superman is incorruptible. Uh, and I I haven't really read recent DC comics because they're so hit or miss, and it's it's just an absolute scattershot whether the characters will be good or even halfway in character. But for that one specifically, it was it was pretty funny. He uh, Superman gets like brainwashed by Poison Ivy, and Batman unbrainwashes him by throwing Lois Lane off a building. <laughs> He's oh, like, no. you can either keep Wait. fighting me or you can save her. And Superman obviously goes and saves her. Batman just trolley problemed his way into saving Superman. Yeah. He did. It was great. I thought <laughs> he it was. He's the... laying down tracks over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, heroic oh, trolley problem. Clark, you big dumb idiot. Figure this one out. <laughs> yeah. It That's was very. Rough. I thought it was quite funny, but so yeah. Funny. <laughs> and then I mean, like. There's like the. I, I think it's so funny that the whole. Like, there's the Tower of Babel story where it's like, Batman has contingencies for everyone. And I know uh-huh, his one for uh-huh. Superman, I'm pretty sure. It's just like, kryptonite bullet or something. Kryptonite but bullet. Like, like, in the margins, like, or maybe throw his girlfriend <laughs> off a window, question mark? Or yeah. out of a window, that'll work if well, we, you know, if we're out of bullets. Batman just like, has, like, a sniper on retainer that's always pointed at Lois. Oh Deadshot gets a check from Bruce Wayne every month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, the thing is, both Batman and Superman are, like, sometimes written as unconditionally pure of heart. But, like, it's only one of them at a time because they're usually written as narrative foils. So, like, mm. if Batman is incorruptible, Superman will be like, I can always be turned evil. Here's kryptonite. And if Batman is the, like, the uh, the morally dubious one, then Superman will be like, no, Boy Scout, stuff like that. So, yeah. it's, you know, you can't go for, like, consistency or categorical statements with superheroes, which is why one of the examples I just used was from the Justice League cartoon, where they were like, look, Superman has bad days, but he does not turn evil, okay? If he turned evil, he wouldn't be Superman anymore. So we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna give him the option to kill Lex, and he's gonna do it. He's gonna not do it because he's a good person. Dang it, he's not the guy who killed Lex Luthor. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 
Good video. Uh, I had a fun, fun time one. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to like, we don't have time to go into the Avatar discussion, but the Avatar <laughs> discussion was a good example. Yes, yeah. I like you, that example a lot. You, you added a lot to that one too, because you were like, isn't because you were the one who pointed out that the um, uh, the energy bending was a supernatural worthiness test. Because I'd forgotten yeah. that little bit where the lion turtle's mm. like, also if you're bad, it'll kill you or something. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. He's Aang, he'll be fine. But I was like, no, wait, literally, that's important, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but, that was uh, uh, that was on my end. Uh, but on your end, you had a uh, City Minutes video about Rome, right? Yeah, I had a um, in in preparation for what will be a, a great year of Imperial Roman content on the channel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to uh, to do a little a little kind of you know still still an easy video trying try to take it you know nice and light in, in the beginning of the year coming <laughs> off of the the big like you know November December blowout of content and trying to you yeah. know catch our breath. So I want to do something a little mm-hmm. on the shorter side. Um, I did a, a City Minutes video going through. Uh, five different cities of the Roman Empire and trying to explain how they all related, how they interacted, and how they each kind of convey a, a different idea or a different version of what it means to be Roman. Because what a lot of the people in the comments were were really, you know, astutely picking up on is that the idea of, like, one coherent, overlapping national identity, even, you know, in an age before nation-states, that's an 1800s idea, but, like, a concept of, like, one fixed version of how our civilization is supposed to look is complete nonsense and and Mm. what roman culture looks like in the city of rome looks very different from in north africa very different from egypt very different from britain very different from from like anatolia and greece and and how those things can all be their own thing and still be roman and, and still having that that diversity of culture within it and nonetheless being part of this broader system is really cool um and also got to talk about cool architecture so that that's always yeah. <laughs> a, that's always a fun one for me <laughs> yeah that one i i pushed for the pompeii angle because uh i thought it was so interesting that pompeii like the titanic only gets remembered for the one really bad thing that happened to it but like you kind of lose a lot of the impact if you forget what it was before that and pompeii was a functioning city in a larger empire and yeah. the fact that it exploded one day was kind of a shock. Yeah, it um, was it was there one day gone the next. And I didn't really get a lot of time to talk about it because I only had one minute to discuss minute. it. But yeah. the the accounts from Pliny the Younger, I think. I All the Romans the are named the fucking same. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the accounts from Pliny the Younger them. talking about how his like uncle Pliny the Elder went ah. on a boat to be like, oh, I'm going to go try and like rescue some people and then was never seen again. Huh. Mm. Um, but like <laughs> all of the accounts and, and how it was described are really interesting because it's actually helped modern scientists learn a lot about um, like um, tectonic volcanic activity based on like these ancient descriptions of stuff from way back when. So that's pretty useful. And then of course, when I, when I called Pompeii a lava sandwich, the comments were absolutely on fire. Um, <laughs> just because, like Pompeii. <laughs> just like, because you, you can't say, Oh, Pompeii, because it was built on the side of a volcanic hill and was then slathered in lava. Pompeii is a volcano sandwich discussed. It's like, okay, po- Pompeii is actually a volcano ravioli. Yeah, it's, it's actually like a lava calzone. Um, I didn't, I didn't say that Pompeii is a lava sandwich to, be correct i said it to make everybody say what they thought it was because it's not really a lava sandwich like it's it's magma on the bottom and lava on tops or which whichever one it is but i i said that to cause everyone to take up arms and go to the comments and explain what they viscerally thought it was. So I, I am successful in, in stirring everybody to arms over whether or not it actually is a lava sandwich. Consider pyroclastic panini. 
because there was <laughs> heat involved. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot oh, of good man. puns in there too. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. trying to think. What's like? What's the? There's like Mexican food where they pour. Is it? Is it a chimichanga or what's the one? Where they pour like hot sauce over it or something? Maybe mm. that's what it is. Enchilada? I don't know. Empanadas? My my lack of, of understanding of, of Mexican cuisine is very is very detrimental to my attempt <laughs> yeah. to participate in this conversation. <laughs> it's, it's gonna drive me crazy. But yeah. yeah, it's that would be my if I had to pick something, that would be my one. Um, yeah, Pompeii is really interesting because it's like. You know, at this point, I think it's common knowledge that um, volcanic soil is incredibly fertile. Like, it's just really good to farm on. Yeah. And volcanoes are not, you know, usually particularly active. Most of the time, they're just unassuming mountains in places where you don't normally get so many mountains. But, like, you know, otherwise. And then it's just, oh, this one area of the farming works really well. And you don't know you're, like, building your civilization on a time bomb until it goes off. Yeah. And it also just occurred to me, like, I I've been sort of doing this... Um, this uh, myth stuff about uh, Hephaestus recently, and he's a little hard to get information about. There's almost no consistency across different tellings. Like Homer actually frames him completely differently between the Iliad and the Odyssey, which is interesting. Um, but I'm genuinely wondering if maybe his iffy reputation is because he was considered the god of volcanoes, and um, bad stuff happens around volcanoes. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, don't... it's who knows. Yeah. I I don't unfortunately have like in my head a list of dates of when major Mediterranean volcanoes went off. So I don't know if there was like in between when the Iliad was codified and when the Odyssey was codified in that like 30 year gap, if there was a really bad explosion on Mount well, Etna or something. Well, it's not just that. Uh, in the Iliad, uh, Hephaestus is briefly mentioned. Um, and I believe uh, he talks about how, uh, so in, in the popular telling, Hephaestus was cast off of Olympus by Hera. Uh, because he was born with some kind of uh, congenital um, deformity and she didn't like that because she was kind of a jerk and she chucked him off. In the Iliad, he was thrown off of Olympus by Zeus as an adult because he tried to protect Hera from Zeus in some context and that is what injured him, uh, which is rather different. And most notably, he's not married to Aphrodite in the Iliad, but he is in the Odyssey. In, mm. in the Iliad, Aphrodite is unmarried and just the consort to Ares. And then in the Odyssey, she's married to Hephaestus, and it's never discussed how that happened. And then later writers were like, how did that happen? What's going on? And they had to, like, go through hmm. and retcon it. And Oral it's traditions just this, never make sense. That's the thing. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I try to make it pretty clear that, like, there is no one right version. Like, I'll try to go digging for, like, maybe an earliest version, but, like, there's... There's no one single version. Even across the works of a single author or, you know, codifier, things are vary a lot. But, like, I try to look for consistency still, and it sometimes frustrates me when there is none. <laughs> like, but which of these is correct? Which of these will get me yelled at least by the comment <laughs> section <laughs> more accurately? One in doubt, um, Ovid. But, yeah, no, the, yeah, uh, um, no, like, okay, mm. let's not get crazy here. <laughs> I mean, Ovid was... Ovid's just the most accessible one. <laughs> yeah, the best known he wrote but it down in the, a book <laughs> but he's the latest he wasn't even greek <laughs> come Whatever. on man okay uh, roman apologists <laughs> anyway what, did you call me imperium junkie that one time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no but anyway i i, I had fun with the cities yeah, yeah. um it, it was a good time uh it was a a, a birthday gift to myself uh <laughs> since uh it, it, my birthday was a day after um uh, the video went up, and as I said on Twitter, I am now only 55 years to outliving the Western Roman Empire. It was only around for 81, 
three nine to five to uh, four seventy six is not that long. It's an achievable goal. I can outlast it. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I was looking up. Uh, empires by like how long they lived and I, so because i wanted to do like a fun tweet of like you've already outlived this one but i was like a lot of these are like balkan states and i don't actually really want to <laughs> piss off a large number of people so don't i'm just that. gonna not i'm just gonna not yeah. um, anyway uh <laughs> yeah. far yeah. away from that topic yeah. Uh, yeah nando uh you've had um you've had some fun videos on on your channel um recently and then you know many more before that um wh- what have you been up to sure. uh, lately on the uh, on the old old youtube gig yeah i um i've been spending the last couple months kind of uh, after the christmas december and also after like the <clears throat> spider-man rush that we all just yeah. got out of but trying to <laughs> kind of look forward and just think about some things that uh will interest me in the future or like things that i have been thinking about as like kind of big questions uh so like who will play the Fantastic Four? Who will play the X-Men? And then my most recent videos is Batman a good driver? And um, the answer is not until like five or six years ago. And then he's the best driver ever. Um, so it's like a – but it's interesting. I've always been curious about it because it's like he has maybe seven or eight skills that we all know, you know, yeah. karate, detective – athletic stuff uh growling yeah growling <laughs> intimidation uh, gadgets stealth and then driving and it's like well where did he learn this one well i learned it from ninjas and then this one was ninjas and this one was ninjas and then he just also can kind of drive so i was looking at like in the movies and just the movies is he any good like is has have the movies ever made the case for him being a driver and um one thing i learned because i didn't really go into comics uh just because like the problem with batman for me is there's just a so much of it like when you mm-hmm. look at batman and superman um which, like we were talking about before like it has yeah. just been rebooted reconstructed so frequently that yeah it's like there you can find any any version of anything but um there was a comic that scott snyder made back in the new 52 run that was just called where did batman learn to drive and he just went down to rio de janeiro <laughs> hooked up with a cool criminal driver guy oh and God, that's so funny yeah yeah, yeah. i had so i have it open here it's because it's very short um and he just this guy i cannot remember his name it's in here somewhere but he's like a just a thief and he's like oh uh, don miguel i think is his name and he's like yeah so i'm gonna have you get in this bugatti and just drive around like a maniac and try to evade police and we're gonna use some gadgets but it's God, mostly just gonna be like psychology of driving and trying to like kind of learn how police think and that will make you a good driver. And I, he, like, sought that out because he wanted to be a good amazing. driver. So, I yeah. just love the concept of, like, Bruce Wayne going to someone's, like, I want to learn to be a good driver. And then this person, like, slides him a VHS copy of Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift and says, <laughs> do this. I was, yeah. This okay. is your homework. <laughs> the, the guy's name made me suspicious. Is there a possibility that that was a Fast and Furious reference? Oh, that's like very Dom? possible. Yeah, New, yeah. New 52 was, oh, man, I'm trying to remember when that came out. But, I mean, definitely after Fast Fast and Furious 1. Um, if anything, I mean, it's Rio, which is where the fourth, no, fifth Fast and Furious movie takes oh place. So, yeah, wow. that's that's right up their alley. Um, Did Don uh, make any statements about family, so. perhaps? <laughs> it's uh. not that I've seen. It's a very, it's a very short comic, and he's just okay. kind of like, hey, don't get caught. And then he pulls out a bazooka, shoots <laughs> it at the police, and then Bruce Wayne beats him up. Uh, and that that's kind of it. But, um... Yeah, I I always I did just find that so strange because the idea I mean like when you look at it, why does he even have a car? He shouldn't have a car. 
He doesn't really need it. He's a bat. It's got to be so cumbersome. The idea that he could just, like, drive around. Like, what happens if he gets in traffic? He's just done, you know? Yeah, he... that's why they sometimes give him a jet. Yeah, and yeah. all the other vehicles I like better because it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he can't swim, like, really well, so give him a submarine or he can't fly, so give him a jet. But it's like, yeah, he could probably get around the city better than – like, if, <laughs> if you've lived in the city – Car is the worst way to get around. Like, it would yeah. be, it's a disaster, especially yeah. a city like Gotham. Yeah, Gotham's supposed to be New York. You don't drive mm -hmm. anywhere in New York if you need to get there fast. You exactly. use the subway. Batman just has a private subway line. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, but, Nando, when I saw the thumbnail of the video, like, is Batman a good driver? The first thing that popped into my mind is the, um, the shot from, I, I think it's the Dark Knight, where he just, like, blows that garbage truck into the roof of the underpass yeah. in, the, in the subway chase with Joker. I'm like, and then I thought, no. <laughs> and I watched no, the video, yeah. of course, you learn that he gets better. But it is yeah. such an interesting question looking over time how Batman's driving skill evolves from at the beginning, like, you know, nothing special to a brief period of he's extraordinarily bad at driving uh, mm. and he needs um, a grappling hook to turn left uh, yeah. to actually he's kind of really good in the Nolan verse and even though he like murders he's pretty good in the Snyder verse too. Oh so, yeah. yeah. He's an, it's, if it's those movies were if those movies were written consistently the Snyder <laughs> movies they would <laughs> he would be a great driver but I do think if they they never quite made the case for why he does so much murdering. Um, but if it was like, I know everybody was always saying like, well, maybe it's cause he's all sad and then he'll never murder again because of uh -huh. all of his problems. But yeah, they never quite got that right. You know, um, that's a good point. I, it does seem like the kind of thing that warrants further exploration. Why a character notorious for their no killing policy, it seems so murder happy in this adaptation and they do the planting of like, maybe it's because Robin died and he's bummed about it, but it's like, yeah. that's an odd thing to never bring up. How strange. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's also always... the implication that, like, Batman kills in grief the same way that, like, people pick up a smoking habit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. He'll get over it, you know. And it's not even – I understand the stories. Like, there there have been stories where, like, a superhero is wronged by someone in a really specific way, and then they go kill that guy. But, like – and in this story, I guess the Joker that was killed was killed by Joker – or, excuse me, the, the uh, Robin that was killed was killed by – Joker and Harley Quinn. I know Harley Quinn because it's in her little bio in Suicide Squad. But oh, like, yeah. yeah, he just goes and kills whoever after that. That's like, I don't know, man. I think this guy always wanted to kill and he was just kind of looking for a reason. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I think the 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 Doyleist explanation is that Snyder thinks it's not cool for superheroes to not kill. <laughs> given oh, that yeah. It I seems mean, to be a trend in every single superhero he writes. It's like, oh, yeah, Superman killed once and now he's kind of down to keep doing it it's like all right hold the fucking phone please that's why yeah, I mean, he doesn't do it in the first place have you seen that that interview he did where he or not interview i think it was skiing i think it was like a panel um where mm -hmm. he was saying like yeah if you don't think your heroes are war criminals you're living in a dream world man and that was all i ever needed to hear from him it's like okay i yeah. get it like that's just what he thinks. I guess but, it's just that, like, Zack Snyder yeah. doesn't seem to me like somebody who enjoys superhero media for what it is, and maybe thus is not the best choice to make a live-action superhero adaptation of 
several of the universe's most beloved figures. Like, you know, you want someone who's actually passionate about it rather than someone who's like, yeah, I've got these two action figures and I'm going to mash them together real hard until the limbs pop off and I'm going to film it for $1 billion. It's like, I, I think that Snyder has a lot of interesting stuff going for him. And I think by the time he did the Justice League, he'd maybe learned why people like these characters because mm-hmm. there's stuff in the Snyder cut that is only there because somebody who's genuinely passionate about the comics but the, the only reason martian manhunter is in those movies is because he was like oh my god martian manhunter is so cool i gotta put this guy in the movie um <laughs> he yeah. has nothing else for the plot he's just there uh it's but, wild yeah but i feel like man of steel made me think all right Zack snyder doesn't like superman he, he doesn't get him and he doesn't like him okay yeah, i mean when you go back to interviews it's all just like i liked watchmen i liked dark knight rises or uh dark knight returns and it's like those are you don't like superman (laughs) yeah those are your deconstructions and i get that but and and i understand why and even watchmen i don't think he completely got uh conceptually but didn't he change the ending that feels like he definitely didn't get it he did change the ending and that much i don't mind as like a you know um changing it from the squid to dr manhattan because eh. you know I, I don't know i think the squid is you know it's better but i think dr manhattan thing makes sense in terms of like a um a plausible way to get dr manhattan kind of on everybody's bad side uh yeah. but the whole like hyper violence thing as a way to kind of make the movie look cool uh yeah. does seem like a pretty a- absolutely off reading of the comic where the hyper violence yeah. is always a bad thing but I- yeah yeah, I, I yeah. think it's it's interesting to have this conversation juxtaposed with the impending release of the Batman, uh, yeah. because that is, I mean, from from what I've seen of it so far from trailers and stuff, it looks like a very, very you know gritty interpretation of the character. It's based on you know year one, which is you know mm-hmm. this is Frank Miller doing his Frank Miller best, um, but well, it's not yeah. as it, Frank Miller as The Dark Knight Returns. But no, it's not. True. It's not. Um, yeah. But it's it, it's cool to see the kind of character they're going for in that because from the first trailer when he beats up that you know that one guy and it's like oh I'm vengeance. What I really liked about that scene is how he he wins the fight in the first three punches, but the mm-hmm. rest of that, like, beating that one guy down is to scare everyone else into running away, which is great, smart Batman stuff, in addition to the karate skills of just being able to beat on the guy. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with, Nando, to your point in the video, with the Batmobile, which is very much yeah. like, it's a hot rod with a jet engine strapped to the back. <laughs> great! <laughs> yeah. I, th- I yeah. think we're going to get some really sick uh, driving scenes i don't know quite what matt reeves's skill set is when it comes to driving like i've seen the planet of the apes movies but i don't remember a lot of driving around (laughs) yeah but uh i do i imagine i mean he seems like a very he's a very talented director so i'm sure he can figure it out and uh yeah i think that will probably be one of the cooler parts of that movie fingers crossed and Yeah, and yeah. maybe then Batman will, that will be where he kind of figures out, like, oh, I'm such a good driver. This has got to be, like, part of my <laughs> thing because I flipped over the penguin that one time or whatever. <laughs> the reason the runtime of the movie is three hours is because there's yeah. a full 50-minute scene of him watching Fast and Furious through Tokyo. I hope the Batman does good so that we get a sequel where he adopts an eight-year-old Dick Grayson. I'm just, that's what I want to oh see. God. I think that this Batman could be very funny in that context. <laughs> anyway. Wild. Um, but. I think that's about us done for, uh, for our recent escapades in video making. Uh, shall we move on to plugging stuff? 
Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Red, uh, you and Indigo have uh, yeah. have something to uh, to to show yeah. off. Uh, at time of this podcast going up, uh, two days earlier, an episode of Movie Struggle have just gone up, uh, where we discussed Alien. Uh, this is the second Movie Struggle episode I've guessed it on. It's been uh, very fun. This is Penance from making uh, Indigo watch Jupiter Ascending that one time. So. It's like, yeah, let's watch a good space movie that I'm going to absolutely hate the experience of. Um, uh, yeah, so definitely uh, check that out. Uh, it's available where all good podcasts are sold. Um, let's see. And also where the bad on? ones are, Kafka, oh, yes. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yeah. speaking of other podcasts in space. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah, the D and D one, rolling with difficulty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Red, I'm I'm surprised that's not where where the first one was. <laughs> I was really trying to lead you on that. I'm, with, uh... <laughs> it's been a very long couple weeks, all right. It has been a long few weeks. <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, Indigo and I are also on the D and D actual play podcast, rolling with difficulty. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. Um, we just recorded the finale like yesterday at time of recording, so you'd think it would be fresher in my mind. <laughs> Um, happens <laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's um that's basically me sorted i think um awesome yeah anybody uh nana is there anything that you yeah you to, to plug yeah um as far as plugs i've got so i have a podcast called mostly nitpicking where we try to go through speaking of batman we <laughs> last uh last week we did batman returns just kind of like it, it's a little bit like movie criticism and a little bit just kind of trying to figure out the logistics of what's actually going on in this movie so like batman returns is a great one because there's just like so much so many plans everybody's got like four or five plans where it's like max shrek wants to make an extra power plant to steal power and everyone keeps telling him like we have power and he's like i know but i want one it doesn't make any (laughs) sense and then you got the penguin who wants to steal the firstborn kid and then use penguins to shoot rockets at people uh-huh. uh so yeah we're just kind of talking through that and uh so we, so that's called mostly nitpicky it's me and my friends uh dj and diggins and we just put that one out the other day i'm not sure what we're doing i think we might try to do moonfall this week the new roland emmerich movie that is better uh-huh. than the marvel universe according to him uh but it's mostly about how the moon is uh full of aliens or something i don't know i haven't watched it yet but uh yeah, so that's that's that, and then yeah, videos on the channel. That's that's all I can think of to plug. I'm sure there's other things, but I always forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be eagerly awaiting the next uh, edition of um, One Small Change because those videos are, are such a joy. Not only yeah. because they're like an interesting thought experiment, but in the space of of YouTube media criticism, where so much of it is relentlessly negative, Ugh. like granted, you know, guilty. It is cool to to see your show as an example of like, okay, you know, given the original product. How is one way that we can make it better? And and that whole process of analysis is very interesting and, and useful to think about in terms of like writing skills and, and story construction. But it's also it's positive, which which just makes me feel fun watching it. Yeah, thank you. It's nice. And I think um, in some ways I I enjoy that it is kind of more more positive. In some ways I think. I've slightly broke kind of film criticism because everyone wants to fix everything. It's like this guy's mouth should be lower on his face, so I'm gonna fix it. And like, uh, but the the big yeah. picture kind of story stuff is good. I wonder, like, I guess Batman is the next like big movie that is like, I mean, Uncharted might be worth a look, but yeah, we don't have yeah. a whole lot coming out before the Batman, so I, we will I see. I think that um, positive media criticism is definitely a uh, an underserved. Uh, demographic right now because it's so much easier to just 
point and laugh at stuff, you know? It's, it's so much easier to be like... And, and a lot of the, the negative criticism isn't even, like, actually criticizing things that are wrong with the movie. A lot of it is just like, that's dumb, and I can make fun of it for internet Ding. points. Or, or <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, or, or it's... Even it's like, this is not how I wanted the story to go, so I'm gonna write fanfic about how it went differently and then frame it like... You know, and, and that's something that actually bugs me because it's like it's okay if the story's not for you, but like not all stories are gonna be for you, and that's not necessarily a thing that's wrong with the story. It's just the fact that things have audiences, um, and uh, I don't know. It's it's I, I've seen a lot of very weird criticism, but I I really like the one small change series because it's like you know this it, it's more like about the execution of like if they were going for this, here's what they could have done to make it really hit. Uh, rather yeah. than, I think this character shouldn't have done that thing. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm sorry. I don't think the character is taking recommendations right now. And the nice thing is all movies are written by committee, so you don't feel bad about it. You know, it's like 15 <laughs> Marvel writers want to write all the cameos. So it's like, yeah. well, screw it. I'm the 16th. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, anyway. uh, with that, um, I'm sure we could be here all day, but yeah. uh, unfortunately we have to, uh, to move right along to the Q&A portion of the podcast. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Q&A portion of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast, where we answer your questions from Ask OS Pod on Discord. This first question comes from one of our lovely, lovely patrons. If you'd like to support the channel, support the podcast, consider becoming a patron and have your question potentially read first in a future episode. Uh, this question comes from Jay Danky. To all, what superpower would you like to have? Mine is electricity and electromagnetism. So what's your, what's your dream superpower? What's a... Uh, what, what you going for? Up I there? always go with flight. I mean, I know it would have downsides. I don't care. <laughs> it's my go-to. <laughs> yeah. Flight is cool. Yeah, I feel like I, I've I've always wavered on this. Electromagnetism mm. is a good one. I, I'll give it that. Yeah. I've always been like, that's a good one if you're fighting crime, because uh, then you're bulletproof and you can get, you know, that's, that's super helpful. Mm. Uh, I've been reading a lot of um, X Factor recently, and mm. like Polaris in that, like she gets so much done by oh, just having yeah. magnetism. Um, but I, I've, like, I waver between telekinesis just because it seems so handy, like grabbing <laughs> things from far away. It's great. And yeah. teleportation. I think if you, yeah. if you do it yes, like they did in 100%. Jumper, teleportation is, is, is wonderful. And you can, you can travel. <laughs> It'd be so fun. Yeah. yeah. Teleportation is the old, it's like, I'm torn on it because when it works, it's fantastic. But in like more unforgiving fictional universes yeah. where you can like teleport into stuff just or like, <laughs> yeah, just not, absolutely not. I would never, ever use it. It would scare the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Flight, on the other hand, much more reasonable. Flight is cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Uh, I, 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 I'm 100% teleportation since we're on that. It's, I, it's, I just, I'm lazy. I don't want to have to deal with the worst part of travel, which is the process of going to and from locations. I want to just be in a location and then be in the next location. Yeah. Could run late every day and it wouldn't matter. If it goes really poorly, you get to be a fly man. And that's fun <laughs> too. Like, True. You, you yeah. know, he didn't do that you super well, but like, you could turn it into by Jeff cool. Goldblum in the future. Yeah. Exciting new career exactly. prospects, new dietary uh-huh, possibilities. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, if we're going for like the nightcrawler stitch, you get to be blue. That's always fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh god, there's no bad design for nightcrawler. But I like how in the original they were like he's gonna be Errol <laughs> Flynn, but blue. <laughs> it's like yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I don't know if I've been like tainted by by just hearing too many IGN reviews. It makes you feel like Spider-Man, but being able to like oh, web yeah. swing. 
Oh, oh my god, yeah. like, useless for cool. fighting crime, but just, like, to have, <clears throat> gotta love web swinging. You know, it's funny that we're all picking modes of transportation right now, almost like we've <laughs> yeah. been stuck indoors. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I don't fight a lot of crime in my day-to-day, so That's really all thing. about the movement. Yeah, it's like, laser beams would be cool, but, like, how much would I use them? Like, never. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah, yeah having I... something that is get gets me from A to B is already cool on its own, <laughs> and I could use it to fight crime if I had to get creative. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. would enjoy yeah. a Wolverine-style healing factor. I feel like yeah. never having to worry about my health again would be nice. <laughs> that would be sweet. It's, and it's the like, immortality, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like, is it well, a curse? Is it good? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he does get <laughs> angsty about it, but like, he also gets amnesia so regularly that it's like, he doesn't even have to... He's not True. like, I've seen eternity. It's like, I mean, I don't know how long I was in Canada. I don't know how long I was in Japan. <laughs> Who the hell knows? <laughs> so, mm. yeah, just regular bonks on the head and you're fine. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, nice little little superhero quad we got going on there. Yeah. Our team would be the most mobile of all, if maybe yeah. not the most effective in terms of raw damage output. But I, I believe in us. They are the zoomers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, this next question comes from Gray Yash Monster to all, including Nando. If he's on when you see this question, <laughs> he is. Congratulations. Um, which movie or TV series? do you believe is highly underrated that deserves a second chance? So for this person okay. provided an example, they believe that the King Arthur and the Legend of the Sword is underrated, deserves a second chance. Was there anything that maybe came out, didn't get a lot of hype, you think people should go back to? Guys, it's cruel to the rest of them to ask me this question. <laughs> because Ooh, as you all know, my dissertation on why reboot is an unappreciated gem oh, has been percolating yeah. on the I back didn't even burner think about that you I didn't this question how no. long have we known each other <laughs> apparently not long enough yes uh <laughs> came out in 1994 1995 i watched it when i was very young uh we had it on dvd when i was a wee one it was uh good it was good the first three seasons anyway don't watch season four you don't need to there's a lot of shows like that um it was like yeah. the first fully cgi tv show so of course it's a lot it's chunky in places but those guys knew their limitations like they didn't try rendering anything they couldn't do like there was no subsurface scattering so nobody has like realistic human skin you know everyone kind of looks like an action figure but that's on purpose nobody has free-flowing hair until season three and even then it looks more kind of like plasticine so everyone's got like short hairdos or dreads um but they could make shiny metal reflective surfaces so they put those on everything baby uh, and it's it's just a very interesting uh, example of people knowing the limitations of their medium and not overextending themselves. Uh, the uh, production company that made it made a couple other shows where they didn't stick to those limitations as much. They did Transformers Beast Wars and they tried to do like oh, organic yeah. materials in there. Uh, and it didn't work as well. That show has aged a lot worse uh, visually than Reboot mm-hmm. did. And Reboot also, writing-wise, I've talked about this, does this excellent build-up where the first two series seasons are pretty chill and f- child-friendly and often very dumb, and then season three goes hard on the, uh, no, actually, it's serious and, like, really well done now. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. And it's it's all worth it just for the build-up and the payoff in season three, and then it ends on a great note, and then they did season four. So don't watch season four. And it's all mm-hmm. available on uh, shoutfactory.tv. You can just watch the whole thing online with no login, although I think it might be country-limited, so. Oh. And that was because you you did this to me. You asked the question and you gave it to me. 
You know what? I will, like, this, we have to give you an outlet every once in a while, or else it just sort of like builds up too much, and then we we get yeah, info dumped a, in the group chat. So a release valve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Take the pressure down. Fine. It looks like there's a um. So a it seems like there's some sort of Netflix reboot that I'm sure nobody likes. It's um, terrible. Yes, don't do it. And it, it somehow looks, looks like, worse than the original. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a very strange. It almost looks like. Because we did this on the podcast recently, like Spy Kids 3D uh, yeah. with their yes. big giant mech suits. Yeah, uh, the new one. That movie's cool. It, but that then... movie was so dumb and so fun. <laughs> oh my god, I yeah. love Spy Kids. That was 3. one of my favorite movies as a kid. Yeah, uh, wild. that was I, my first understanding of who Elijah Wood is and yeah. was came uh, from Spy Kids 3D yeah. before yeah. I knew He's about the, the guy. existence of the Lord He's of the Rings. I can't believe they got the guy to play Frodo. I can't believe they but yeah. yeah, the Guardian Code is the Netflix remake, and don't watch it. It's awful. They've just turned it into Tron, and also everyone looks mm. terrible for some reason. Like in the original, everyone looks like an action figure, but they're like well-modeled, handsome action figures. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then know, there was Amanda, a video game. Did you ever play the video game of it? I did not play the video game, but uh, uh, Wooly Versus uh, has a YouTube ah, nice. channel, and he's played through uh, like the PS2 video game. And also, he's like the only other human being on the internet who goes to bat for reboot as much as I do, which is <laughs> why that. he follows us on Twitter. Because <laughs> I used it as nice. a trope talk example, and he was like, Wooly will not take a mortal blow for you in battle. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so, anyway, anyway. Just you and me, man. Um, I'd say mine, I, so I've got, I've, you know, I've got a bunch of them, but one specifically that sticks out is, is a Disney plus series. Um, I've always been a big and, and still am, um, Muppets fan. I love all mm. the, all the Henson stuff. So they made a show not too long ago, maybe two years ago called earth to Ned. And it was a mm. like fake interview show where a big giant alien, uh, oh. named Ned, uh, was like sent to earth to conquer us, I guess, but over the course of his conquering, he became a big fan of talk shows, so he made his own talk show. And it, it's kind of like, <clears throat> it's kind of like the anti-talk show, uh, where he's examining it and he's bad at it and he's playing games that are bad. But I, th- I just thought it was super funny, and they had great guests on. And it's also like Ned is a big giant puppet, and then he has Cornelius's Ooh. co-host that's a smaller puppet, and um, it hasn't. It definitely hasn't like really taken off. I don't know if it's getting a season two, but I I really like that. They got the guy that played um, Freakazoid to be Ned's voice, and that's very fun. Uh, yeah, I, I Earth to Ned's always been something that I'm like, I wish people really got behind this because then it would get a second season and it would be very fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. love that. For me, I don't know if it's strictly like like something that was like criminally underrated, but daredevil season three i feel mm. like just got lost like it came out mm. and then people who watched it are like oh my god this is so good but because it came out after a really bad daredevil season two yeah. and, and defenders, defenders. Which, yeah. oof, um it yeah. just it, a lot of the people who had jumped ship after like you know watching like daredevil season one jessica jones season one luke cage and then like oh, okay you know like Iron first half fist. of luke cage like really good second half of luke cage not so great iron fist <laughs> but so yeah. then like all of that that audience that was like ready to go like right there for the beginning of the like the netflix mcu days had pretty much fallen off the wagon by the point that daredevil season three rolled around and daredevil season three is so good it's the really storytelling good. is so oh, well done yeah. and the quality it's the only show where i've noticed how good the quality of the cinematography and the directing is because the the way that they 
convey information through through costume choices and color is really really cool. Um, and and specifically, there's the one scene where Karen and um, Kingpin are having a conversation, yeah. and the moments where the power dynamic in the conversation shifts is portrayed by the camera swinging behind. Karen's or Kingpin's head to frame the other person on the other side. It's just so many cool little things like that. Yeah, um, the scene the in the church with like the whole church is just blanketed in red. There's so much cool stuff in Daredevil season three, and it's so well done. And there's like Dex's characterization. Oh, so but I feel like it just yeah. completely got lost. Not that people also, don't think it's good, but that it just got lost. And also, sorry, yeah. it it also ends on like a conclusive good note. Yeah, like that's pretty rare for the Netflix superhero shows. Oh, part of the reason I was getting so kind of tired of them is they all end on like open-ended depressing like the bad guy wins stuff you know Daredevil season one had like a sort of good ending but it left a lot unanswered and then Mm -hmm. everything after that was just depressing non-stop like Jessica Jones ended well the first season ended on a cathartic note but it wasn't exactly happy so and then Daredevil season three was like everything's cool they're all chill the bad guys in jail they're all hanging out and friends again and I was like hell yeah um so I mean yeah. Jessica Jones season three ends on a ridiculous cliffhanger uh, where yeah. like purple man is like in her head again. Maybe he's back. And, God damn it. Yeah. It's awful. And, <laughs> this is so stupid. I mean, it's not awful. Cause yeah. it may be, it would have been cool, but they never get to do it. So we'll never know. Although yeah. maybe she'll show up in, you know, Hawkeye season two. She was, if, if Kate goes to LA, uh, there was, there was a, a couple issues of that comic where Jessica Jones, helped her do a case so i don't know maybe but yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's it clearly on one. the table now for for reasons yeah. i will not disclose for people who haven't yeah um <laughs> i just but... need kate and yelena being roommates that's all i need from hawkeye <laughs> season two yeah nothing else yeah. matters but yeah no i uh for me oh it was God. daredevil season three because everyone who saw it thought it was great yep. but then like like a month after it came out like everybody forgot about it which is such a tragedy because it's such good television Oof. I'm also yeah, glad a... they got better at the set dressing because when I was watching Defenders, like initially, I thought it was cool oh how they God. like color coordinated every scene so that the characters in it, like you know, Jessica Jones was purple, Luke Cage was yellow, Iron Fist was green, Daredevil was red. So whichever character was in the scene, there was like lighting or background elements of that color. And I thought it was clever up until the bit where it was a Luke Cage scene and the only splash of color was like they'd put a bottle of mustard out on the counter behind him, and I was <laughs> like, "All right, guys, Ooh. I think at Love that point that. just just leave it off, <laughs> just Love put it in a spotlight or something." <laughs> They all yeah. have to come up with like a color coded like condiment for their food and like yeah. Jessica Jones has to find that color purple ketchup that they sold when we were kids and probably oh, keep God. selling. But yeah, there's <laughs> just, just like, like a squeezy grape jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's got the grape yeah, exactly. jam behind her and Daredevil's got the raspberry jam and mm-hmm. <laughs> someone's just always in the process of making like a PB and J in the background of all of the shots. Yeah. Danny Rand's got yeah, pesto. You gotta make it look a little diegetic to the scene, like it needs to look like it's in the moment. Yeah. Um yeah. That's that's a good one. I like that we're all going. I'm also going to pick a TV show for this. I like that we're all kind of going in that direction. Uh, mm-hmm. One brain cell, as it were. Yes. Um, this was uh, it, everyone who's watched it enjoyed it, and I don't know if if you guys have seen any of it, but it's a TV series that I think was specifically made to appeal to me because it is a. Um, mm-hmm. Musical medieval sitcom uh, called Gallivant. Gallivant. Oh yeah, My boy. Gallivant. That was a fun <laughs> one. Yeah. So so I, funny and great music. Uh, Ellen Mankin did some of the music along with another guy whose name I'm blanking on. Um, 
all the songs are bangers. The cast is really great. They had some fantastic guest stars. Uh, Weird Al came on at one point. Yeah. Um, Twice. He was Kylie the Minogue. singing monks. Yeah, he, he Kylie was Minogue monks. in the Enchanted Forest gay bar. Enchanted- <laughs> I love yes. that episode. Uh, Off yeah. with this shirt is a straight banger. Also, I think Off she was dating Gallivant's actor at the time. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, Timothy Odmanson's in it, and he's just a fantastic character who's like the villain in season one. And is that then Richard? Two, oh, yeah. Super King Richard. Ted Cooper. Yes, it's it's such a funny show. Uh, the cast is incredible. The writing is really sharp. It's just very funny, very light, easy breezy, kind of in the vein of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but just didn't run as long. Um, and it was coming out when Game of Thrones was still in its heyday, so they have a lot of like riffs on the sort of high fantasy dark genre without oh ever gosh. veering into it, which is very, yeah. very fun. So if, you, if you're looking for a light and easy breezy show to go through that did not get enough hype in its time, but is still delightful uh galavan's probably my rec nice. for that one definitely yeah oh, so i listen to the soundtrack fun. like once a once a month it's, it's <laughs> so fun yes. Ooh, good um yeah i would watch timothy Edmondson in anything he could oh yeah yeah no, he really down. he really sold the evil king thing but like madalena is such a much better villain uh <laughs> yeah and like they, they they knew they were getting canceled like but they also didn't expect to get a season two in the first place so like mm-hmm. uh they, they leave a lot of open threads, but then they just didn't get a season three, and it's like, that's okay. You, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, but that's that's four good recs for all of our listeners out there. Go check out some of these underrated TV series next time you're looking for something to watch. Uh, we've yeah. got a lot of more questions to get through, so this oh, one comes okay. from Mystic Mind. <laughs> to Blue, okay. what do you think is the most misrepresented historical event in Hollywood? Oh, my God. In Hollywood? The oh, God, this requires that I watch in film. Hollywood. <laughs> um, it's got to be Cleopatra, right? Cleopatra, especially. Cleopatra's really been done pretty dirty. Mm. Um, that's, that's yeah, that's a pretty easy, obvious answer. Um, uh, Cleopatra is very rarely portrayed as, as smart, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate because mm. that's basically the defining feature of her character is that she is very clever, very manipulative when she needs to be, very um, observant, uh, very high-wiz, high-end, uh, mm-hmm. high-charisma as well kind of kind of person. So, so Cleopatra, for one... Um, I'm just, I'm trying to think of the, the Venn diagram of misunderstood periods in history and, like, film. Ugh. How well do they handle the French Revolution? Well. <laughs> yeah, I feel well, like there's not a lot of it. Les Mis is a different French Revolution, which is right. what's easy to yeah. be confused about. Yeah. Les Mis was the revolution of, like, 1848 or something, which was an entirely different set of, mm. of reasons they wanted to off the king. <laughs> um... <laughs> God, it's crazy French. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Cleopatra just because I can't yeah, think yeah. of anything else off the top of my mind right now. Um, anything, mm. most British history, honestly, because like a lot of the the like English Elizabethan like Tudor stuff is, it it usually plays pretty close to like the Shakespearean stuff, which is mostly okay, but like really oversells like how much what was going on in the palace affected the rest of the mm. rest of the country. Um, mm. Catherine the Great, that show is not historically accurate, but they're not trying to be, so that one's like mm. kind of fine. Um, yeah, mm. Cleopatra and <laughs> medieval England, those are my two. <laughs> yeah, it's tough because I feel like yeah. in the last couple of years, we've got, not even last couple of years, but last couple of decades, we've gotten a lot of the like, okay, we used to stink at doing this one, so we, we did one good one, and now it's like yeah. legit. Like you had your. Mm-hmm like your Lincolns and your yeah. even like your Saving Private Ryans when they like no this is what this was like and they're solid so yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. there's gotta be like I don't know like Vikings. gangster stuff oh you're Vikings so right bad. 
every it's piece of Viking media is horrible. Well, it's, it's because so they're all horrible. based on uh, it's Wagner. It's so over-exoticized. The way that they handle, like, any pagan religion is just so, like, icky and gross. Um, like, it, Assassin's it, Creed Valhalla is really guilty of this. Like, the way they handle oh, paganism yeah. is just uh. so gross. But the way that the Vikings are portrayed as, like, these gruff badasses who, through their sheer force of will and vaguely far-right ideology, can conquer <laughs> any foe. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, Viking Vikings bad. And it's because, <laughs> it's because almost all Viking media is drawing on Wagner instead of actual, like, historical... So that's where you get the horned helmets. Yep. That's where you get the far-right ideology. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, so it's, it's all drawing on uh, the, the Ring of the Nibelung. And, you know, Wagner was a straight-up Nazi uh, and not particularly interested in accurately representing... Sorry, Blue. Yeah, Wagner was a straight-up Nazi. He was a proto-Nazi. He was cited by the Nazis. Okay, okay, proto, because, like, the man died in, like, 1883, like... The Nazis didn't spring fully formed from the forehead of Zeus in 1930, all right? They came from somewhere. Okay, Uh, all right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, um, and uh, so that's, you know, that's where you get the horned helmets. That's where you get almost every trope in Viking media. Uh, that's where you get the far-right ideology stuff. Yeah, even uh, when, when Viking media doesn't do, like, the helmets, because no, most people know, like, oh, the horn helmets are, like, made up. Like, right, yeah. the just overabundance of furs, the tattoos, that's that's made up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. no, Viking media. Viking media, bad. 100% Any right. Viking media is bad. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we got a new one coming up by uh, Lighthouse dude, uh, Robert yeah. Robert. Oh, Eggers, yeah, the, Northman, the Northman, right? Yeah, Curious to see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Not holding out hope. <laughs> it's got a lot of, like, magical elements, so it'll probably be kind of nonsense, but at oh. least the visuals <laughs> maybe will be cool. I don't know. Yeah, this annoys me so much because I actually kind of like the aesthetic that gets assigned to, like, druidic yeah. neo-paganism mm. i just wish they weren't claiming to be what they're not yeah <laughs> like, I just like tell a fairy kind of the, tale the man of the, the issue is that like especially uh, i'd say like in recent years with medieval-esque time period settings and then the vikings kind of by extension mm. they sort of just get co-opted for flavor more so than they are telling any sort of historical narrative especially in movies outside of like you know your, your yeah. few occasional biopics that's kind of been the the trend in uh, the last yeah. couple of years. The, the thing with with a lot of Viking media is that it is never about a historical narrative. It is always in service to the Viking aesthetic mm-hmm. and it is just a glorification of that look more than anything else. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. everybody yeah. likes right. big beefy dudes and furs I, with axes and, and I, sick I, I think we, we I think we've examined enough of this <laughs> yeah. that, uh, to, to move on to the next question. The aesthetic sure. is cool, but it ain't historical. All right, let's nope. move on. Uh, this next question comes from Corpse Horse uh, K.M. McKay's huh? to Nando. What is your most anticipated Marvel property on its way? Oh, that's a good one. Um, it's probably Moon Knight, just because that one's oh, good. Yes. And it's a like good comic and Oof. good cast. I don't think... I feel, I feel like a lot of the times with Marvel stuff, and I don't know how actually right this is, but a lot of the times I judge the promise of the show based on the actors that are able to land... And how mm-hmm. implausible it is that they would do a bad show just because for money. Mm-hmm. And like Oscar Isaac, obviously great, but Ethan Hawke, I feel like is so hot right now and such a yeah. he's so specific when it comes to picking his projects that I'm very excited that he's involved. I will say the other one that I love, and I don't know too much about the background of this, but She-Hulk is one of my favorite Marvel Ooh. characters. Um, <laughs> you know, there's so many. There obviously like the old sensational She-Hulk stuff is great, but the um, She-Hulk by Dan Slott from like the early 2000s when she was just a lawyer and it was a comedy and it was like wouldn't it be funny if someone tried to call a ghost with dr strange powers to testify on in a mm-hmm. trial or wouldn't it be funny if spider-man sued J. john jameson for defamation like that oh stuff is 
there's hmm. so much potential so there good. for like fun um and i think people that haven't read comics and aren't super familiar with um jessica or god i always get this one wrong is jessica or yeah it's Jess. Jennifer, There's I think. Jennifer, yeah. Jessica yeah. Walters is the actress, uh, and yes. Jennifer Walters is the yeah. <laughs> very, was, yeah. very confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm really are crossing in that one. I'm bad at that, but I love. I like the. Uh, I think you, if you see her and you kind of see the Hulk, and if you see recent comics like the Jason Aaron run, you go like, oh, she's like the Hulk. But like, it's her. Her books are very much a comedy, and it's mm-hmm. very, very light. Uh, and um, and her supporting cast is fun. So yeah, I think She Hulk is the one that I don't know as much about as the one, like Moon Knight, which is coming out soon. But hope that it is good, like because mm-hmm. I'd love to see more of her and. Uh, and yeah, I mean that that cast like Tatiana Maslany, she seems pretty solid. Um, Tahani from Good Place, she's in there as Titania, yeah. I think, and that could be fun. So yeah, oh. we'll see. Knock on wood, but uh, yeah, <laughs> huge She-Hulk fan, so I couldn't be more excited for that. Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff coming up. That Moon Knight trailer dropped, and I got oh, just love seeing my boy yeah. Oscar Isaac doing some fun stuff. And that 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 whole run of comics is just so fun. Yeah, we were reading some of the older ones for book club, and the the like early you know Moon Knight is I would say not great, um, but it's mm. still kind of like it's weird, and it reminded us everybody mm-hmm. on the call, and it's so funny because we're not this was not brought up. I I don't think I've seen anyone talk about this ever, but it's funny how like you have this idea of this guy who's got an Egyptian you know like um, fantasy tied to him, and he's inhabited by like this kind of a creature and he's the avatar of some sort of super evil moon king guy and he has multiple personalities kind of and you're like oh it's Yu-Gi-Oh they're doing Yu-Gi-Oh again <laughs> and that's everybody's yes. and everybody on the call is like oh we all love that so much um so <laughs> there's something about the I mean I'm sure yeah we were just talking about Cleopatra and how that's mm-hmm. you know kind of represented poorly but um there's something so kind of I don't know like I mean, like, Gods of Egypt was about as goofy as any movie about Gods has ever been. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just – it's it's a fun set of mythology that, unlike Vikings, we don't see as much of. So yeah. I'm excited to see that explored. Yeah, no, that'll and, be really cool. Gods of yeah. Egypt was just such a bad idea. Yeah. And just aesthetic-wise, I got to say, it's like there's something really just not good-looking about – the way that they like designed the costumes for their characters. One of the actresses is like this incredibly pale-skinned redhead, and they put her in these like very intense golds and and like mm-hmm. jewels, and it's like you're completely washing her out. You know what that would have contrasted against better? Someone a little more tan, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just, just from the pure aesthetic. <laughs> God, whatever. Oh, Amazing. <sighs> uh, I have well, so this, many this angry next... thoughts about that movie. This next question comes from the bird-brained to all favorite birds. Oh. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> like in birds? real life birds or, or fictional birds? birds. Uh, I think I think that the the um, lack of specificity of the question really yeah. opens us up to any any it's bird true. that your heart desires. I uh, I keep getting surprised by herons. Like hmm. twice oh. now, I've I've been like, huh, that looks like a bird, and then it'll just kind of unfold. And uh, herons are big and kind of spiky. And I swear to God, the first time it happened, I just like fully froze because my brain couldn't process what I was looking at. And the only thing that my brain was volunteering was dragon, 
totally dragon. Oh, <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, because it, it's big, it's big and spiky, and they kind of ball up when they're not in flight. So just, you know, witnessing something kind of incomprehensible will just kind of stunlock you for a hot minute. So you just describe the entire, like, Lovecraft character yeah, arc. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But then at the end, I was like, oh, it's just a bird, and I went on with my day. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so yeah. I like herons yeah. because they keep freaking me out. Yeah, big... I don't know. There's something charming to me as, like, a, not, like, native New Yorker, but, like, tri-state mm-hmm. area guy about the pigeon, and it's it's <laughs> yeah. such an ugly, dirty little bird, um, but it persists. I, I find that fun. I'm also... A uh, big New Orleans sports fan, so I love mm. pelicans. I think they're fascinating, weird little animals. Um, but if we're doing fun fictional birds, I will say um, Peacemaker recently has sold me on oh. Eagly, the bald eagle friend who is also <laughs> like a fun little murder machine. He had a big episode mm. last week, so I, I feel like there's a bazillion fun fictional birds, but Eagly is the most you know recent one in my head, so yep. he's pretty cool. I, I yeah, I gotta like... give a shout out to the um, Philadelphia sports team, the Eagles. Go oh, Birds! Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we're yeah. not winning this year, but who knows? Not, yeah, yeah, well, I don't know. Which... <laughs> um, I always wanted to like those little um sandpipers that you see down the shore sometimes that you know run oh, yeah. up and then run away from the waves. I could watch them for hours. I think they're just the most fascinating birds. Their whole lives are just running in one direction and then running in the other direction. They can fly. They don't. It's all about the speed, and I I respect that New that drive to um just really perfect their craft so those those are probably my favorite bird i i think for like historical points like the owl is cool because like you know there's the athens you know imagery Mm -hmm. and all that stuff but puffins are just so funny they're so (laughs) cute looking they're so like socially awkward but just like require the valid like you've seen that experiment where um they tried to get puffins to land in like some some place neither like an enclosure somewhere out in the wild so they had like this little like like this foam like puffin sculpture that they they jammed into the ground with one like like post and then the puffins were all standing on one foot to be yeah. like like Aww. the little statue. <laughs> puffins are yeah. so cute. Yeah, it's I, just great. adorable. So cute, I don't. Yeah. I I think that's true. I don't. I, no, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. like I saw the post, but like you bullshit you see on the internet, you never know if it's yeah. actually mm. true. But like puffins mm. are are cute either way. But like the fact that they're also like just such little little, little awkward little birds, <laughs> they're great. I was, I wanted to shout out to all New York birds because I. I have so much affection for them. They are just other New Yorkers at this point. They yeah. they don't fear humans. Yeah. I I had an experience at one point where I was I was in like Bryant Park uh with just a croissant and it was raining and I was just like standing under this tiny little awning and by the time I left there were seven sparrows and one pigeon just hanging out on the table nearby occasionally popping out nice. to grab crumbs that had fallen and I was just like just just a bunch of New Yorkers just hanging out. <laughs> That's what this mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> God. That's incredible. <laughs> Uh, well, we're, yeah, we're coming up on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that line was improvised. Uh, sorry, that's. It's it's sort of like whenever you're watching the Lord of the Rings and you know, Viggo kicks the helmet yeah, and you gotta say, like, "Hey, he broke loud. his toe." You know he broke his toe. <laughs> Anytime yeah. someone references you're walking here, I gotta interject. Yeah, that line was <laughs> improvised. Um, we're coming up on time for the podcast, so Oops. we got I think one more question in us before we're gonna sign on off, and I think that this is a fun one, and I'm glad we've already uh, kind of diegetically brought up the Muppets because it's Muppet related. Oh, uh, boy. This question comes from Sorcerer Supreme. To all, if Disney ever made a Muppet themed Super Smash Bros style game, who would you main? Oh my god! 
Um, which Muppet are you using in our in our, our Mortal Kombat, our Tekken, or our Super Smash Bros. Hmm. Combat Simulator game? Not simulator is the wrong word. Fighting game. <laughs> I just feel like you could just reskin the Ice Climbers and get those two Gelfling kids from the Dark Crystal <laughs> so easily. Oh, um, yeah. 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 Uh, I see. feel like... Yeah, this is so tough. I've, I mean, <laughs> David Bowie from me. Labyrinth. <laughs> oh, I'm the no. Goblin King the, the entire roster of characters is all Muppets, except for um, David Bowie, who is just in the game as himself. Yeah. As, as the Goblin as King. As the Goblin King. Yeah. Um, he's like the master hand of that yes. game where he shows yes. up. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Or he's like the Dracula do, that you have to fight. I guess the real question is do we put um, Michael Caine in as well? Since he, oh, yeah. <laughs> do we open oh, it up to Scrooge, the one token yeah. human character? Oh, yeah. And then what's his name from Muppet? Treasure yeah, Island. Yeah, Tim Curry. Yeah, yeah Tim, Tim Curry is one John oh Silver. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man. If we're, if we're, I think for the sake though? of mains, yeah. What's what's your Muppet main? I uh, I would say uh, Swedish Chef and just lob kitchen equipment at the enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Speaking uh, of characters with real human hands, he's yeah. got like he's the hybrid <laughs> Muppet. Which is yeah, terrifying. he has an advantage. <laughs> yes. Miss Piggy would yes. probably be kind of OP, honestly. She's yeah. like a tank smash type character, you know. She does karate. Like, yeah. yeah, you're not yeah. allowed to see stick with Miss Piggy because it's just <laughs> too broken. <laughs> um. yeah, she's yeah. actually banned from competitive uh-huh. play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... Yeah, uh, this is who tough. Else? Who else? I feel like I have favorite Muppets, and I'm like, it would be yeah. fun to mm-hmm. adapt like Pepe the Prawn, just because he's got so yeah. much style. Like, I feel like it would be fun <laughs> to see what he did. Also, his hitbox would probably be tiny. Okay, you know um, what? I think I just figured it out. Okay, so the Fraggles are canonically tiny. Like, mm-hmm. like not oh, yeah. tiny, tiny, but pretty mm-hmm. tiny compared Pikmin. to a lot of other Muppets. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking you could just reskin the Fraggles onto Pikmin and just have, like, uh, like one of the Gorgs walking around and then the Fraggles running after him, and he just chucks <laughs> them. Great. Um, cause yeah. otherwise, you know, if they're normal sized, I gotta write my boy Wembley, not cause I think he'd be good mm-hmm. to play, but because I just love him so much. <laughs> I feel like there's also like, I want to, I, I tend to play like the bigger characters, like your mm-hmm. Ganondorfs and, and dudes like that. Um, but I don't want to get a big Muppet cause that feels like cheating. Especially, they're always like, so one unwieldy. Of those, yeah. The guys in human suits that, um, I forget what Sweetums or something is like yeah. the name of the big human Muppet, mm-hmm. but I would like, um, I would like to try a baby combo. I don't know how this would work, but the Sesame Street Muppets, like Ooh, you could get Rocco, yeah. everyone's favorite rock in there, oh, yes. like <laughs> as a, just a bump, jumping around rock. Uh, and then mm-hmm, I also mm-hmm. love my, maybe my favorite Muppet to watch now is um, Deadly, the kind of Miss Piggy's, I don't even know what you want to call him, like sassy butler friend. Uh, so I'd like to see, them in there and i guess mm-hmm. they would kind of play who like a mewtwo because they've got to be kind of slow yeah. uh, so i don't know that would be that would be fun but yeah pepe yeah. and deadly are my favorite muppet muppets so those for me two. this is this is tough because i only ever play sword guys usually ike mm. and like there are no sword guy muppets like I, I just you know i can't just reskin that um yeah i've kind of got a, the inverse problem where i'm like i know the muppet i would want to play is gonzo because i feel like that's the muppet yeah. i most spiritually relate to uh, but i don't know what, know what yeah. gonzo's like combat I've, style would look like gonzo's got stretchy arms remember that that's one true time? yeah it's you true. know what you're yeah. right if we go yeah. for well, Gon- like an injustice flare and goes just play plastic man <laughs> I would oh, say yeah. Gonzo could also do like a, a like a Luigi's kind of side B where he just throws Ooh. himself because Gonzo <laughs> does shoot himself out of rocket. So that's yeah, yeah that's that true. could be 
something to him. Is Gonzo the Luigi of the Muppets universe? Shy I, Moff, I, I, I we don't have a comment that, section, but... Like, Nana, to your point about, like, bringing in the Sesame Street characters, and then, Red, to your point about, like, sword fighters, I feel like in this universe, it's like, oh, great, they added another anime sword fighter. Oh, great, they added another Sesame Street character <laughs> yeah. from something else, guys. Oh, God. I guess yeah. Big Bird is an obvious pick for, like, a, a one of the big... Yes. Big Bird's got to be slow though. Like, he, you know, yeah, he's big yeah. and unwieldy, like a Bowser um, type, you know. Yeah, I would say there's probably like some there'd be something interesting. Like, I feel like um, Oscar the Grouch would be someone they would add mm. later in DLC, where it's like, yeah. oh, those mechanics are insane. Like, uh, yeah. I haven't played like the Minecraft dude, but he would yeah. have totally yeah. different mechanics. They had to reprogram the things. entire level geometry. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, like, okay. So there is a, a Muppet who sword fights. It is in Muppet Treasure Island, and it's Kermit. Oh, and I sure, feel yeah. Like... Actually makes a, in my mind, Kermit makes a lot of sense as, like, the sword guy, because it's yeah, always, Link. like, the Fire Emblem protagonists, which mm. are all interchangeable. Kermit is kind of, like, the straight man of the Muppets. He would be the sword yeah, guy, Yeah, it's know? just all Kermit in different wigs. It's just all Kermit in, like, different <laughs> skins. Yeah. Well, who's oh, that Ker- Muppet? Um, so who's the Muppet who has, like, the... He's got, like, a... William Shakespeare, like, oh. collar on oh, all the time. Oh, I know who you're talking oh, about. It's a weird name. I feel like he has the, the fish. He usually he has, does. like, a fish as He's a weapon, fish, so that yeah. could be sword. Also, if we're talking about humans that have been Muppet-related, Luke Skywalker was on that episode <laughs> oh my God, of the Muppets. Oh, right. so Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill, <laughs> independently yeah. of each oh other. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, so that, they've got sword Yeah, abilities. but I feel like putting Luke Skywalker in a Muppet game mm-hmm. is uh, not really honoring mm-hmm. the spirit of the question. That, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> I mean, like, animal feels DLC, like they'd be a pretty... And then the Smash fans will complain bitterly. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. I figured him out. He is, um, that one guy's name is, what, Lou? Lou. Lou Zealand, I oh, think. Oh, right. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. Yes. Who's the guy who keeps blowing stuff up? There's one guy on The Muppet Show who's, like, constantly setting off dynamite. Uh, I mean, Beaker, or are we it's talking not about... Beaker. <gasps> Beaker. Not Beaker and Bunsen, oh, although they Beaker would be Bunsen. fun. Beaker and Bunsen. Beaker and Bunsen. I'm still I think sad this guy might also Beaker be the dynamite game. guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be fun. I mean, this guy also has boomerang fish, New Zealand's. Mm, yeah. So he's kind of a link That's as well. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that there. makes sense. Man, I would I definitely want to play this pay, pay so much yeah. money for a Muppets fight. <laughs> People have been modding anime characters into Smash Bros. since... Uh, uh, Project that's, M or whatever. That's, so. that's little brain. That's little brain. Yeah, right? yeah. We want yeah. real Muppet characters. Okay, Project that's the M big is brain now for stuff. Muppets. <laughs> it be, M yeah. stands for Muppets. Yeah. It would be fun too if the whole because you other you'd have to do one of two things. You'd either have to mm-hmm. animate their weird Muppet legs or have the whole game take place behind a brick wall or something. <laughs> and I feel like yeah. I'd want that one. They're all sitting down. Oh yeah, because mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. those little legs uh, on Kermit when he like rides a bicycle are but, very upsetting to me. <laughs> no, I, I like the idea of like they've just got the weird Muppet legs that are completely independent of what their torso is doing yeah. like yeah <laughs> i like, like that imagine, better. I love it. imagine playing smash but with like octodad controls where you have to control every <laughs> limb independently oh that's oh, so fun no. you've got one puppet for the uh, one button for the hand that's controlling the mouth movements and one button for the one arm that you mm-hmm. can control yeah. and you know the taunts in this oh, game yeah. would be incredible you know oh yeah. yeah but also i think instead of the final smash like you know how in the muppets whenever something explodes they just like fling the whole puppet I think that that's got to oh. be like when someone gets smashed <laughs> off the screen, they just go like, yeah. <laughs> fully floppy. Incredible. Um, all right. Well, if any of our fans want to start <laughs> getting to work on that, please let oh, us know. Uh, but I think we're coming up on time for the podcast. So to prevent uh-huh. us from spiraling into infinite Muppet dumb. Uh, Red, are you ready to take us out? Or- nope. 
All right. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as always, we'll be back in two weeks with another exciting episode of the OzPod, uh, as it's become affectionately known for some reason. Um, uh, we've, of course, got videos coming out on Friday. Check out uh, Nando's channel. Uh, I'm sure we'll link it in the show notes. There's all kinds yeah, of Nando, good stuff there. Yeah, Nando, where can people find you? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, Nando V Movies on YouTube, mostly nitpicking on, uh, like, the podcast apps. And then, Yeehaw. you know, I'd say my Twitter is usually where the rest of it comes in. So follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Nando V Movies. And then if I do some interesting thing, then you will find out there. Yeehaw. Nice. All right, so that's uh, that's been our very special guest star for this episode, Mr. Nando V Movies. Yay. Awesome! Thank uh, you for having me. <laughs> yeah, of thank you for talking about Muppets. That yeah. is, that's a real treat. Yeah, that I'm was always uh, exciting. There's never enough Muppets in in these podcasts. Um, yeah, I think that about covers uh, covers our ground. So until next time, I've been Red. I've been Blue, and Nando. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, yeah. Thank you for having me. And this has been an overly sarcastic podcast. Woo. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Overly Sarcastic Podcast. We'll be back on February 23rd with another thrilling episode, but if you miss us before then, be sure to check out Overly Sarcastic Productions on YouTube. Got a question for the pod? Head over to Ask OS Pod on Discord for a chance to be featured in a future episode. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And if you really enjoyed the show, consider becoming a patron. Links to all that and more can be found in the show notes below, as well as links to our wonderful guest Nando B Movies, socials, and content.